0: Talk to the team at Ace. If your transmission's a joker, you need an ace. AceTransmissionservice.com.
1: This is the Elijah Har Show with former Speaker of the House Elijah Har on 933 at AM560, KWTO. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind. He can't drive the 30 minutes from Branson. But joining us now, Jeff Smith. Welcome back. Hey, where's my intro music? Where is his intro oh, no, that's music? Oh, my Garrett, that's my fault. That's my fault. Garrett's falling I, down on the I'm not, job. I'm not talking until I get my intro music. All right. Fixing it now. Let's, let me tell you something.
0: Let me tell you something. I'm a Democrat.
1: A liberal voice on a conservative talk show. What's the worst that could happen? It's Debate with the Democrat, featuring proud card-carrying Democrat Jeff Smith. On 93.3 and AM 560, KWTO.
0: Mm, let's get ready to
1: Do you feel better now? You know, I need my hype music, Elijah. We were, we were, we were, we had it prepared for you to be here in person. You being on the phone threw us off.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wish I could have come up. I just finished speed dating at the House Republican uh, Summer Caucus. So
1: it's pretty bad when when our debate with the Democrat is the Democrat that's at the House Republican Campaign Committee General Event.
0: Well, I needed to visit with everyone about supporting Lucas Kuntz for US Senate.
1: So <laughs> All right, Jeff, here's the question for the day. The debate with a Democrat, which may be an agreement with a Democrat, but I don't really know your answer to this is you as a Democrat, do you want the Republican Party to nominate Donald Trump for president?
0: That's a great question, and it's one where I That's why with I it. asked it. Yeah. <laughs> it's one where I differ with a lot of other Democrats. Um, I don't want them to, I don't want your party to do that. I think it's um, to me, country is more important than party. And even though I do think he's probably easier to beat in a general election than anyone else you would nominate, uh, I don't want you to nominate him because I think the prospect of four more years with him uh, in being unfettered by the prospect of needing to run for reelection, um, could really be horrendous for, for America. So no, I don't want to, uh, even though a lot of professional Democrats, especially kind of more cynical, uh, political operatives say, Hey, you know, it's good. I'm glad he's in the lead because we know he can't win a general, uh, because they don't think cause they don't think he's picked up any support from 2020, Agree, uh, when he lost
1: and i think that's like you would agree with me if i were to survey a hundred democrats the majority of them would say yes we want them to nominate trump would you agree or disagree with that
0: i would disagree with that
1: okay how, what what percentage of democrats do you think want republicans to pick trump
0: 15 really if i had if, if I had to put it, if I had to put a number on it, yeah, I'd say maybe 50. I, I think is that it's because only
1: their fear that he may actually win? Yeah. I mean, it's only people, I'd say that 15% is comprised
0: of uh, mostly kind of very sophisticated, you know, the more sophisticated sliver of the Democratic primary electorate that has looked at the polling and that can... you know, basically add up the facts that number one, um, in 2020, you know, he lost the popular vote by 7 million votes. um, And that number two, he's spent most of his time since 2020, talking about the election being stolen, which isn't a way to like add new voters. And there are very few, if any people who were voted for Biden in 2020, who are like, yeah, but I like the things that Trump has been saying the last few years. He's really spoken to me. That's really resonated with me Um, because he hasn't talked about any new policies. He hasn't talked about anything that he would do for the country. And I just don't see where he's picked up any voters. And the country has gotten, you know, every year, and I don't think you'll dispute this. This may sound partisan, but I don't think you'll disagree. Because of the generational partisan divides, the fact that senior citizens lean Republican, but 18, the 18 to 30, you know, Gen Z leans very democratic every year, the electorate ticks, you know, a half a point more democratic because Republican voters are passing away, you you know, and the generation that's, that's getting the vote for the first time at age 18 is about, you know, 70, 30 democratic versus Republican. And so if, Trump hasn't done anything to reach out to those or appeal to those who didn't vote for him last time. And the electorate as a whole is getting slightly more democratic each year. That's not a formula for success for Trump.
1: All right. If you are a Democrat, who's the person you want the Republicans to nominate?
0: So again, um, there are going to be people in my, party that definitely differ with this, but I want to see a change in the tone, in the tenor of politics in this country. I would like to see a, a, you know, a country where we're not um, always about owning the, the people on the other side and where we can have civil debates about public policy. And I think a Tim Scott uh, takes us more in that direction certainly than a Donald Trump or a Ron DeSantis. Um, I think having, you know, I'm not saying Democrats as a whole want Tim Scott, but I would prefer someone like him who isn't always vilifying the other side. Um, you know, Chris Christie's not going to be your nominee, uh, clearly, um, but, you know, I appreciate that he's been willing to stand up to Donald Trump. Um, I think that, you know, Nikki Haley, uh, I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing her as a general election opponent. But, I, you know, so, so that's my personal opinion. Um, who would Democrats like to see the most? I think we won't know that until we watch the debate and we see if there's a candidate who really t- has a unifying tone in the way that some of Tim Scott's rhetoric, I think, has, has tried to do. And I'm pretty I think sure your endorsement
1: team. today just cost Tim Scott the election.
0: probably true probably true (laughs) but but look i mean to to me uh the 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 democrats who say like i think republicans are wrong when they say oh biden's doj is just doing this so that you know to trump so that republicans get behind him and nominate him because they want to go against biden it's all they want you know, Biden wants to go against Trump. And so he's elevating Trump now by charging him with these things. I mean, if you've ever spent time in a, in a room with actual Democrats and you've ever been, you know, then you would know that Democrats are way too disorganized to pull off some incredible conspiracy like this. It's like in one breath, you guys are saying Joe Biden is a senile, doddering incompetent fool. And then in the next breath, you're saying he's pulling off this amazing seven-dimensional chess to get the nominee who he thinks is the weakest.
1: It can't be both. Well, I think we can all agree that if Republicans had to pick the Democrat we want to face, we'd all pick RFK. Uh, I mean,
0: I think that's probably true. I, think,
1: I mean, like, I don't think, and this is something you and I have discussed before. Democrats and it traces back to Claire McCaskill's race in twenty ten against Todd Aiken have they've played the game of let's go try to pick what we believe to be the weakest opponent to run against. They did it with Aiken and it worked flawlessly. They seemed to do it a little bit last year, you know, trying to play some some forty chess in a few races around the country and getting the Republicans to nominate some weaker general election candidates. I don't think Republicans think like that. I don't think you'll ever see a Republican run a campaign where they try to boost a Democrat in a in a multi-Democrat primary. But for some reason, Democrats are really good with that and have fixated on that principle in how to beat Republicans.
0: Yeah, I, as we did discuss this. We discussed this on the air. And I said that in the cases in U.S. House primaries where Democrats were elevating uh, election deniers, um, at the you know to try to produce a Republican nominee who was most beatable. I said I thought that was a very dangerous game to play, and you know not a good precedent to set. It ended up mostly working out for Democrats, but I still don't think that's a you know if if, if the country really is threatened by this kind of rhetoric and democracy really is undermined by it then I think Democrats lose the moral high ground by elevating Republican election deniers. Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense. It does. And I think that, to me, that's a fairly, you know, obviously you are a Democrat, um, but I think that's a fairly intellectually honest take on the situation. Um, I, I think there's a lot of Democrats that don't necessarily have that perspective. They're like, hey, we may, you know, hate Donald Trump, but we're willing to take a chance on him winning the election because we think he's an easier general election opponent, and we prioritize winning over the potential bad things he may do to the country in our mind. Well,
0: yeah, I think that's right, and I appreciate appreciate that because while I'm often wrong and sometimes crazy, I try really hard to be intellectually honest.
1: Now, the, the inquiring minds do want to know... We do this segment every week, every Thursday, debate with the Democrat, but you're calling in from the House Republican Campaign Committee. How do you still consider yourself a Democrat when you do that?
0: Well, because I'm advocating for causes that I've always cared about, like uh, criminal justice reform, like education reform, which a lot of Republicans agree with, uh, like affordable housing. And I'm, I, you know, I'm here advocating for things that, um, to me, uh, are principles that I've always believed in, and I don't think there's anything wrong with, you know, you got to hunt where the ducks are, right? Like <laughs> the Republicans are in charge, and they're in the super majorities. Uh, thanks in part to you, you know, in your tenure um, helping lead Republicans uh, in the state, and so, you know, while that's the case, I got to talk to them and get to know them and try to. Help them, um, you know, just help them see that a lot of the problems that I think are you know exist in the state can be addressed in a bipartisan way. Look, like you know, one of the things that I care about the most is is the criminal justice system, and you know, we got twenty three thousand people in our state prisons. Ten thousand people come out of prison every year, so almost half the people in our state prisons come home every year, and are the prisons are almost immediately replenished. Republicans conservatives don't like that because they don't want to waste money on ineffective bloated government. And I don't either. And so we got to find ways to address that by helping prisons rehabilitate people instead of just warehousing them so that when they get out, they don't commit more crimes. They don't carjack people. They don't break into their houses. Nobody wants that to happen. And I want people to get back on their feet and be contributing taxpayers. That's like common ground. And that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about with people here. So yeah, I'm here. It's definitely a little weird to be at my, definitely a little weird to be in my first HRCC. And it's your first. Well, other than when I gave a talk on kind of my scared straight for politicians uh, back when, when I met you the first time when you were a freshman.
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Jeff question of the day today. question of the day to day. Listen, we're all guys. We all got into this thing for a while. What's your number one piece of sports memorabilia you collected as a kid?
0: I collected baseballs that I caught at Cardinals games. I caught three baseballs, and I knew who hit, you know, um, and I knew who hit them all, and uh, and then I would go down and beg uh, the person who hit the the foul ball to sign it. And so that was my most treasured memorabilia, sports memorabilia as a kid. How about yours?
1: Well, J- Jeff, I had a quick follow-up question for you. Uh huh. You're you're at a ball game. You catch a foul ball. Are you obligated to give that ball to a kid? <laughs> Garrett has obviously never met Jeff because Jeff looks like a child. So no, <laughs> Jeff. Yeah, <not> <laughs> you know,
0: I'm going to be fifty in a few months here, but you know. Boyish, eternally boyish. Um, you're fifty. Wait, as, as my, no. New as, follow-up as dad, question. <laughs> what? As, as my dad, who's eighty-four, <laughs> likes to say, you can only be young once, but you can be immature forever. Um, so I try to live by that. But no, <laughs> I don't think you. I don't think you're obligated to give that ball to a kid. You know, it's one of those things that, like, hey, it's a nice thing to do. It'd be, you know, um, it's a very magnanimous uh, gesture. But nobody's obligated to do anything like that.
1: Just like if you book a window seat and somebody gets on the plane and asks you to switch, you're not obligated to switch. Nope. All right, Jeff, if anybody wants 100%. to follow along with the work that you do, the hot takes you have, and all of your reporting from the House Republican Campaign Committee, how do they follow you on social media?
0: <laughs> you can go on Twitter and you can hit me uh, at Jeff Smith Mo, at Jeff Smith Mo. Or you can also, if you want to read some of my columns on Missouri politics, I had one come out this week. The theory behind it was that general elections don't matter that much in Missouri anymore because it's a red state and primaries are really where the action is at. Uh, and so I had a column on that this week in the, at the Missouri Independent.
1: Or, or you can also follow them on threads. If you're the last user, just turn out the lights when you leave. <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much yeah. for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Take care, Elijah. That was Jeff Smith. We're going to be right back. We've got Chris Russell joining us after this. He's with Wake Up Springfield. We're going to talk about new business development in this area. Stick around for that.
0: Felt that wind
1: blow cold. A man learns who's there for him when the glitter fades and the walls won't hold.